0: You're listening to the 405 Exchange Podcast. My name is Ken Grandpierre. Today's episode is with Kolars. They're a husband and wife band based in LA who are making rock music fun again. They like to describe their sound as desert disco, a term that begins to swiftly make sense when you hear Rob's blazing guitar chords and Lauren's thunderous drums. They've built a great following over the last few years and I got to meet them for the first time ahead of their packed out show at Rough Trade here in Brooklyn. This is the 405 Exchange with Kolarz, enjoy. you two and how you're a husband and wife I couldn't help but wonder what it must be like when you're not touring and you're going to dinner parties and that typical question comes up about like oh what do you do and I know it's kind of almost I'm going to say it's the most respectful ever I imagine it must be almost a funny thing to say oh we're in a band together we toured together and then that like lingering kind of <laughs> silence is that kind of what happens when you yeah pretty go much to parties?
1: sometimes though I feel like <laughs> (laughs) So much of our family and friends like know now what we do because we're very vocal about it. They're more like, how are you guys doing? Yeah, (laughs) it's more questions of like, you want to keep doing this? You're
2: still married? (laughs) Right. It's
1: more questions. The most common question seems to be from fans and family is like, how are you guys still together?
0: (laughs) Well, I know it must sound really ridiculous, and this is more of a question for myself than anything else. Um, I'm at that stage in my life where so many people are getting married and like yeah. kind of lining up, and it's like the thing—not the thing to do—but it's just like the natural progression. Right. Of yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Have you found that being in a band in the way that you are, where you're sharing so much creatively, it's actually made your marriage like better?
2: I think bet. I think there's good and bad. But as every marriage, as every relationship, as every friendship, I mean, I think it's all like that. But we spend every minute together. So that's probably the toughest part on our marriage.
1: Yeah, that would be the challenge. But then the, the great end of that is that we have so much to relate to. All the experiences, all the challenges, all the ups and downs. It's not like I'm on the phone with my wife going like... This is what I'm going through, and she's trying to understand it. Lauren is literally experiencing. Oh, he just says, "Give me one side. look," and I'm
2: like, "I know." So, I know. so
1: there's something really wonderful about yeah. that to have that camaraderie and yeah. understanding, and then creatively, we're really so much of the time on the same page. Yeah. So she'll fill in that void of what I I'm questioning something, and she often has the answer, and vice versa. So there are challenges, but for the most part, it's like really wonderful thing that's so. true yeah.
2: and we also share the rhythm section because he plays rhythm guitar well and some lead too but rhythm guitar while well, i'm doing the drums so even when we're not communicating we're also communicating in that other way all the time
0: oh uh, yeah so. I, we should put that out for people listening who might not be familiar but with rhythm guitar and drummers there's like a very as like very prominent like connection that just is the bedrock of any rock set that you watch absolutely you have to be like you have to be other.
2: each other, and you have to be always listening to each other in ways that you aren't listening to each other like conversationally it's like another part of your body opens up yeah. i mean your ears yeah but something else like
1: definitely and with us because we have no hi-hat like lauren tap dances and drums mm-hmm. the guitar fills in a lot of that rhythm so even more than a lot of bands that have the full kit mm-hmm. the guitar ends up being almost like a hi-hat as well
0: as a, a melodic instrument.
2: We're like one body with limbs off yeah. of it. Yeah. That's
0: really fucking amazing. <laughs> I was going to say, because I have seen, uh, th- I was going to mention this later on in the interview, but I might as well bring it up. Uh, the reason I even know of your band is that a good friend of mine, Courtney Armitage, she takes your photos. And I remember when she started posting of your photos, like first thing I thought, of course, is like, this band looks really fucking cool. Mm. But I saw photos of you where you're on the drums. And I'm just like, what the fuck am I looking at right <laughs> now? <laughs>
2: I kind of I invented this new way of doing the drums because I can't play the drums any other way. I mean, that's, that's how in a nutshell how it started. I was a tap dancer for most of my life. And then we had a drummer in another band and they quit and I was tap dancing with this drummer and then I merged the two. Mm-hmm. And now it's it's like it's like I was always meant to do it.
0: That's amazing.
2: It's so weird. At the time when I when I was brought up the idea of doing it, I thought that's crazy. And now I can't even imagine my life not doing it. It doesn't make sense to me.
0: Isn't it wicked? You got to say that in a sentence and that I would be applicable. You got to say, I invented something. I know. <laughs> it's very funny. Although awesome. you
2: know once if I if I get more well known there's gonna be like somebody out there like girl, no
0: you didn't. Yeah. I'm I've been doing, doing this, this for long. fifty years. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and I'll be like, great, yeah. teach me more, okay. then well, great. Well, talk to
0: me a bit about Courtney in a sense of, like, what's it like to have someone who photographs you that not only does it well, but honestly, clearly gets what you're trying to do? Because I think it's incredible. when I see her photos, she's definitely conveying your artistry in a way that's very authentic.
1: Well, you just nailed it. Just I feel like, what, what else can we well, say? Well, I also <laughs>
2: think that she's, she is great yeah. in two ways. She's great at doing photographs that aren't live photographs. And she's great at also concert live photography. She's skilled. And both aspects of that art. And also her angle choices. I've never worked with a photographer that just cre- cre- has an angle with the picture that's so flattering mm-hmm. and interesting at
0: the same time. Yeah. That's She's a, a genius. Girl. Yeah. We fucking love you, Courtney. We fucking love thing. you, Courtney.
2: She's always on her like, knees, getting dirty, in the muck, all for the shot.
1: And the, the other wonderful thing about Courtney is. She's so flexible and and spontaneous, and it's very much a collaboration. So if I have a sudden idea, like how can we do this, she'll maneuver with that and elevate that idea. So it's never about, oh I don't know if that'll work it's always like oh yeah let's try that and I'll just find the angle to make that really shine or then she'll throw ideas at us and we're like oh let's try this position yeah. so it's always a conversation that keeps building on itself which is so great to work in a creative way with someone like that
2: yeah. it just got really loud is this okay? no
0: this is totally fine okay. it's actually quite fitting yeah, we've done a couple talks here with soundtracks going on Okay, so it's good. Totally fine. <laughs> good. but something I'm curious about and learning more about you lot with uh, obviously your artist and how you came together. I mean, I imagine you've been asked variations of this question, but I kind of want to get to, like, the bone of it. When you guys met, was it obvious to you that you'd be making music? No. No.
2: I wasn't a musician at all. No. I'd never known a musician before I met Rob. I mean, we met when I was 18 and he was 20. And he moved to New York to play music in the subways. And I was at NYU studying experimental theater. Holy fuck. And we met at a bar because I knew his sister and he was just visiting. And I remember the moment he peeked out from behind this pillar. And I looked at him and I just knew I was meeting someone I was supposed to meet. But I had no idea why.
0: Rob, how's it feel
1: to hear her say that? Is that kind of nice? It is. Yeah. I, I wish I could <laughs> say it was. I wish I could say it was the first time. It, uh, it wasn't my vows. I put it I in my mouth. Rem- well, I remember that meeting also very vividly. So clearly, it was like a powerful connection there, and it really went through this amazing evolution over the years, from like great friends. To like a romantic relationship, a creative relationship, collaborating on where we were in different projects but would still collaborate together until it finally ended up being in a band as just the two of us. So it's been a real journey of all these different roles we've played in each other's lives and now it feels like it's all culminated to this.
2: We definitely feel like we are each other's soulmate and not just in a romantic way but like artistically too that we fill the other one's gaps that's
0: amazing like do you remember
2: <laughs> well do
0: you remember that what, sounds like a sexual <laughs> well
2: that too <laughs>
1: that
0: almost simmered <laughs> off but I love how it got to so but when you go when you look back and think about the first time you ever rehearsed do you remember what it, the conversation was that led to that even happening because like you said it wasn't an obvious thing that you guys would be creating together I do
1: remember the moment though, really, where the tap drumming kind of the the impetus of that was my sister and I were writing a song in a a living room with, or no, a dining room with hardwood floors. Lauren had just bought tap shoes and she was sort of clacking a little bit of a percussion rhythm along with the song. And we decided, well, that sounds pretty good, like, why don't we just have that for the next show. We'll have Lauren come on. So we grabbed a piece of wood from a dumpster, threw it down and that was the beginning of including Lauren tap dancing with the song. From there it evolved, evolved into this whole drum set but that was that moment of like oh this sounds kind of interesting Let we have a show on Wednesday let's just bring this on stage and make that happen.
2: And what they didn't know at the time and I didn't know is in that one moment they were setting the course of my life that I had no plans for. Oh, no. Just by tapping that one day, that one afternoon I happened to be home doing it, changed the entire course of my life.
0: Yeah. I mean, for people listening who haven't yet to see, like, a picture or video you guys perform, it's pretty fucking insane. Like, you're standing on drums, and Rob, it's not just about the drumming, but it's like, the way you're playing guitar, you really are utilizing, oh, it's an extension of your body. And you're glammed up, there's glitter, there's sweat, it's smeared, it's not like... You guys don't perform clean. It's a bit of a shambolic, messy show, but in a beautiful way. Yeah,
1: I think that's a good way to describe it. Yeah,
2: it's a, Yeah. You have some great... I know.
1: ...descriptions. I feel like we <laughs> should just stop oh, talking. Oh, your clothes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But can you tell me this? Like, for having performed that way for as long as you have, what does it do for you creatively when you get to go into a studio and make songs? Mm. When you know that you could uh, perform in a way that's kind of, like, dirty and messy and just kind of, you know euphoric, what does it allow you to do?
1: Well, that's a good... I think we're still trying to find the balance of recording that, but still um, honoring how we want the record to sound. So I think we're still in that process of... Mm -hmm. because I think people do gravitate towards the live show and we want the records to reflect that, but not to be that. So that's still an exploration and some people we've worked with have been pushing us to like release live recordings and we've done a little bit of that so we're still yeah it's still a process of discovering right. how the recorded material best reflects what we're doing
2: it's hard because when you just do the live though we're locked into one genre sometimes but i feel like when you're in the studio and you're creating it you have way more avenues you can go down you can be like let's throw some new wave in this and i like this and let's try this so I, I'm okay with those being two separate things to me personally. Yeah. You know? Were
0: well, you t- two ever a fan of a band called uh, Semi Precious Wep- Weapons Band-Jones. I
1: know of them because they're from, they played in LA a bunch. Yeah. So I some friends of ours played with them. I remember a band, Nico Vega, that we used to yeah. play, my old band used to play shows with. They used to play with them a little bit. So I've caught them live a little bit. But don't I'm not a huge familiar. I'm not that familiar with their stuff. Yeah.
0: They were a band I used to see a lot when I was in uni, and then when I saw like videos you guys perform, it reminded me of them. Not in terms of like their music, but just right. like that spirit where. Justin Tranter, the main singer, he would have this uh, ability to just get really dirty and gritty with it, and just like right. it's nice seeing that it's still. I happening love that on you're
2: shows. picking up on that stuff. That dirty, messy, grit, euphoria too. That's yeah. everything that we're going for. So yeah. thank you, man.
0: No, yeah, of course, th- I'm glad. That it's
2: you- awesome. Yeah.
1: I th- yeah, I feel like we've gone through different musical genres and journeys and different projects over the years. And I always try and hold on to a piece of what I loved about every sort of era I've been through. And there was definitely that era of kind of the late 90s, early 2000s, like performance punk, like uh, at the drive-in and bands like that. And and I always wanted to keep a little bit of that because I feel like after that, you had a lot of the indie rock bands that kind of refrain from doing that and it became much more of the kind of gaze. like I am just stand here and do my thing and that's fine but I always was drawn to that performance aspect and like that looseness and that just like someone might fall over at any minute or like microphones are getting wrapped around someone's neck or someone's in the audience at one point. There was always an element of that. Third wall being broken,
2: or that that the night hasn't been decided before you get there. Yeah, I think that's what's so important about live. We're at theater, dance, music. It's gotta feel like it's being opened up in the moment with everybody there, and you're all a part of that one moment together. And that's what I think we try and have every night. Like every night's gonna be different, and we don't know what it's gonna be like before we go into it.
0: I love that you guys like approach it in that way. Uh, your self-titled debut album officially came out a little over two years ago, which is pretty wild to say. Uh, when you look back, I mean, what's really cool, because I got to experience the album fairly recently, just like maybe a month or two ago, like in full, I've heard songs here and kind of there, but experienced the album in full, and like, it almost sounds kind of silly to say it, because it's been so soon since it's come out, but the album holds up really well. Thank you. How do you guys feel about it now that so much time has passed?
2: We really like it. Yeah. <laughs> We're proud of that album. Mm. And we feel like it's still being discovered all, all the time, because that's it was released really in nice. such a yeah. small indie way, so it just keeps growing and growing and growing and growing and even our single from that one that was released feels it's people are still hearing it for the first time it's like still a single
0: yeah it still has life to it which i think yeah. It's really
1: great. yeah and live those songs still come to life so people come and people are coming to the shows more now and singing a lot of those songs mm-hmm live with us and that's been really exciting to see so yeah it's definitely been yeah as opposed to a lot of releases where like there's this ramp up to the release we sort of released the album and then built the kind of energy around that album over the next two years up to now where now we're starting to release some new singles but yeah, that, that campaign has been going on up until basically now, so...
0: That's really amazing been to fun to, to Going into like, the newer songs you've been working on, because like I mentioned, that album came out two years yeah. ago, so now you've been writing and releasing new mm-hmm. songs since. How do you feel those new songs have been revealing themselves to you? Hmm.
2: Huh. They're a little bit... Well, you you you're the primary songwriter, but I want to say they're a little bit more... We have have gone through some tougher times in the past two years. Mm-hmm. So the stuff that we're coming out with now are almost a little bit more facing, not just your own demons, but coming to terms with that life is kind of hard, Hmm. right? Because I feel like we were almost a little bit more innocent two years ago to tragedy or to certain things that we've now experienced two years
0: later.
1: I'd say that's definitely a part of it, for sure, yeah. And being okay with that. Not trying to hide it. Right, yeah, not trying to hide that, like, yeah, it hasn't been an easy ride, my father dying, and um, challenges on the road, and just the ups and downs of the whole experience of being an artist and also doing it ourselves, where it's this, you know, pulling yourself up by the bootstraps and just kind of, like, fighting through storms sometimes, and it's very much a journey. So I think some of that, whether it's even in the lyrics or just in the emotion of, the recordings that's there that's a new element that's kind of a, a layer or a thread through the new music for sure and it
2: works for now because people politically in the way the world is I think are also in a similar place yeah that we're in. so it's like I a lot know. of people can relate yeah.
1: it feels like
0: well I love to hear you say that because I think something that's really uh, crucial about music and it's funny it's it's something that I always make note of especially on this show in general and i think it's something that's clearly obvious but it's always noteworthy is the fact that what music gets to do is point out the things that we're all feeling but we rarely talk about mm-hmm. which is really intriguing absolutely.
2: to absolutely because it's almost a safer space to do that in yeah. you put it with a melody and all of a sudden it's a little bit easier to to feel whatever you're feeling yeah exactly
0: uh just going back a little bit when you were describing what it's like with being in the studio and making music in the studio do you feel like when you enter the studio as Kolarz, it's almost a bit of a different beast as it is than when you're on live? Because I imagine it must be a little bit because on the live stage you're able to do. <laughs> I keep using that word messy, but you are you get to be messy in a yes. live stage. And I imagine you can't yes. be in a studio. So you what's can't. it like when you're in the studio?
2: I have a hard time with it. You like it?
1: Yeah, I love being in the studio because, well, I'm at the helm and I get to be. It's it's like a an artist with a palette. So I'm. It's like I'm a painting with sound in a lot of ways. Yeah. Lauren, I guess, it's more Lauren's much more drawn to the stage and performing. That's where she really yeah. shines and feels most kind of comfortable. But I will say, I feel like the newer recordings and newer sounds, there's been an incredible improvement in terms of Lauren feeling comfortable and owning it in the studio in a certain way and that allows me as like a mixer to have the tap louder in the mix have her elements more present and so the idea the perfect in a perfect world it's that great marriage of the energy of her performance as though it's live but recorded but then the nice contouring and detail that you can get out of a a studio right. sound where it's like everything is somewhat precise yeah. but there's just enough like live looseness and, and that frenetic energy that's still right. captured so it's you know it's, it's always a balance though it's always you're always like just trying to find that those details Yeah,
2: it's hard there's precision in both I mean I can't really right. fuck up that much live because True. I'm playing to a click a lot too so I have to be unfortunately locked in so many ways that in that way too similar with, with recording you know like I, I don't have that much room whether it's in the set or there to just to play with time a lot but I don't think at all about it when I'm performing it live and when I'm in the studio with, with headphones on and I know people there's an engineer there and all that stuff and my tap dancing has to be to the yeah. then I get in my head about it
0: yeah. I know this, this question is a bit of a divergence but it just kind of came up in my head but when you're in the studio Lauren like Have you ever experienced a funny scenario where someone didn't know how to mic up your drum kit? All the time. (laughs) Live too, that
1: happens all the time. Every day,
2: every day. Anytime we come across a new (laughs) sound guy that's never
1: worked with us before, bound to happen.
2: And sometimes sound engineers are really nice and they go, how do you like to have it mic'd? And sometimes they don't know how it's mic'd and they still tell me how it should be mic'd. Really? Yes. And I'm like, what do you mean? I know I want a 57 on my tap. And they're like, no, you don't. And oh I'm like, God. yes, I do. But I think, you know, that'll, that'll change, maybe. Oh, that is really hilarious. But yeah. uh, Back in
0: February, you released a new single called Turn It Up. And yes. I have to be honest, because I heard a lot of your other music part of that one. And I was surprised how, in regards to a lot of the other Kolar songs I heard, it was actually kind of understated in regards to the progression of the song itself. Mm. Yeah. Um... And I really wanted to point out how the guitar was particularly quite sexy. Yeah. And how it kind of had this really nice rhythm throughout the entirety of the song. Can you walk me through how you came across making the song like this? It's an
2: amazing interview right now. We're getting cool. good
1: That's oh, so, we, yeah. were, we were really, we've been listening to a lot of this band Hot Chocolate. So I was thinking, um, and then a lot of 80s music. So I think there, when, I, when I hear it too, I hear a little bit of that kind of, there's a little bit of that 80s, new wave, maybe it's a little bit Talking Heads, maybe it's a little bit In Excess or maybe a little bit Depeche Mode in the vocals or something, there's something there. And then there's definitely this like 70s Roxy music, hot chocolate element to the drums. So it's like we wanted to create something that had a little bit of a disco feel, but still felt like us and included the tap and had those rhythms. So that was the initial premise. And then, much like we were talking about, it, the lyrically, it was really about what we've been going through, you know, it, it, the first verse talks about, like, to be honest, that, or to tell the truth hasn't been an easy week, second verse, to tell the truth hasn't been an easy year, third verse, to tell the truth hasn't been an easy life, and the easy life, third verse, I, I wasn't even really thinking so much about myself, but just the human experience, yeah. like, who doesn't have a life where they're kind of fighting for their, their dreams or their passions or desires and so that one was more of a universal experience where the other ones could or could be more personal and then it was really it was this idea that music can be a catalyst for change but also um work in a lot of ways as like catharsis you know listening to music playing music experiencing it in that way can be this great release and therapy for all the struggle we experience in life so i wanted a song that did that but also honored music doing that for me and for anyone else
0: you know, it's really funny when you said that just now. Uh, it kind of reminded me of a quote that I heard years ago by this um, comedian that I love, Patrice O'Neill. And he was talking about like how the weird thing about human beings is that we all have dreams. But if you were to like have a dream, wake up and explain it to somebody immediately, you sound like a crazy person. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just like, if you explain any of your dreams, someone, like a literal dream, someone looks at right. you like, what the fuck's the matter <laughs> with you? But meanwhile, we all have dreams and we can relate. Right. I
2: know, I know.
1: It's very true. Yeah, I For mean, sure. the the world is multi-dimensional, and yeah, when, when you get into consciousness in the dream state, it's yeah, there, there are no limits, yeah. which is kind of an amazing part of our reality, right? But we in reality
2: put continual limits on ourselves and on yeah. life with it.
0: It must be an interesting place where you guys are at now. Because like going back to the start when I brought up like those dinner parties and like meeting people and friends and stuff like that. I mean, you guys have been recording and touring music for quite a while now, like just yeah. a couple of
2: years. And then we were in a band before this, so we've been we've been doing it's music been and about touring for ten
0: years. It's been about ten years. Yeah. Do, you, well, so, yeah. do you think when people hear that number ten years, there's like almost a bit of an understanding of like. It's not so much like chasing a dream, it's just like, they they understand that it's your life. Well, that's a wonderful way to think about it.
1: And I love hearing that because, yeah, why should you, even though I understand that idea of chasing a dream, yeah, what about just living that dream and accepting whatever the circumstances are, right? You know, I think we, we often get caught up in this idea of comparison, like, oh, they're at this level, or my heroes at this age were doing this. But but I think everyone's story is unique, and so it's important to, you know, we're still alive, we're still doing it, we're passionate about it. We get to have these wonderful shows, experiences with fans and audiences. That's what's important. And then your story is unique, so it's still unfolding. So, but you, you know, almost
2: don't learn those lessons until you've been a decade into Because right. uh, <laughs> yeah. when you're young, and if it goes really quickly to the top, you miss out on that journey where you learn so much, and you're grateful for everything.
0: I'm not going to name any names, but you bring, saying that just now, it made me think of a story that's very relevant to this. Uh, so it's two bands, Band A and Band B. <laughs> band A was uh, very successful and kind of like a buzzy band and they were getting more and more success and I was with them for like a couple months and then I started working with Band B and on the first day of working with Band B the singer was on the phone to his dad uh, like essentially whining and crying about how they were being treated by label and stuff around them but comparing it in regards to Band A that I didn't know they knew but they were saying like band A has this, that, and this, and why don't we have all this stuff? And I was sad to just go like every bit of whinging that you're doing is in relation to this other band, right, right. And it's just like infringing on the experience because
2: yeah. on their experience, and also I feel like when you do that, you don't you don't get things. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't bring more joy it to your life. It
0: outside of just yes. your inner circle. Yeah. Yes.
1: Right. Yeah, and energetically, I think you put out there that what you have isn't enough. So, in terms of like the magnetism we experience in life, I think it shortens that magnetism for great things. Right.
2: Yeah. It's also that idea that there's only room for a certain amount of people, and there's room for everybody at the top. Yeah. So, if band A is there, enough, right? band B, you you can. There's room for you too. Don't worry about what band A has. Yeah.
0: I love, that you got, I love that you just said that, Lauren, because it's very true. And you think about how things are now more than ever. If there's a, enough for everyone to go. It's enough things. for everybody. Oh,
1: absolutely. And, and do you want to be that one band at the top of the pinnacle? Or would you be happy to have this wonderful experience, be able to play for audiences every night, and be wherever it is on the ladder, you're following your dreams and you, you have all that you really need?
0: Yeah, I mean, if you'll allow me, I because yeah. with you saying that just now, it makes me think about the fact that you're playing this room tonight, Rough Trade, here in Brooklyn, and you've played here before. Right. I think there's something kind of respectful and also um, just generally, like, there's something really good about knowing that you've played a room before and you can play it again and you can yeah. count on a certain amount of people coming around. Right. And, I mean, obviously playing bigger rooms is always like an idea, yeah. but there's a certain type of pressure where if you're playing like a Beacon or Radio City or it's right. like, could this even work? It's right, And I've been in those theaters with acts and I've seen it be like half or a quarter full and it's like, it's not good. No.
2: I'll tell yeah. you this, we believe in the underplay all the way. Yeah. I'd yeah. rather play a small place three nights if I know I can play a big place one night than play that big place. Because it should be more intimate. That's what makes it messy and dirty and sexy and euphoric if the audience doesn't feel like there's this wall in between the performer and the fan.
1: Yeah, I think we're much more interested in the audience coming away with a really fulfilling experience. it's not about making money ultimately. Like, sure, if we can sustain it, fantastic. But like, I've been to so many shows at you know whether it's an arena or a stadium or a really huge theater or an outdoor festival, and they can be fun and sometimes that energy is great. But man, the best shows I've ever seen have been in smaller theaters, really a thousand or less, sometimes even fifty or a hundred people, because there's such a like magnetic and connected energy between
0: that group and that intimacy can like just be so powerful i think what i've noticed throughout my years is that there's an innate understanding of like a band or a performer when they go out into a room of that size like a 50 hundred or even a thousand where there's an element of wooing the crowd over i feel like whereas bands and theaters and arenas they kind of almost have this thing of like well, I'm here. Exactly.
2: I'm you, like, you you, love me. I'm here. Yeah. Like there you is already, a there's
1: a different energy and experience. I already have
2: you. Or something. <laughs> I don't know what... You know what I mean? I, mean, yeah. I don't know how that sounded. But I, mm. I feel like you should always go out there not knowing that. Not in a yeah. way that you are in your head and you're neurotic and mm. you're scared and you're nervous. But... But it should be about going out there and always trying to do your best and not thinking that you have it before you're out there ever. Mm -hmm.
0: Exactly. Because it's Uh, not true. Before I let you guys run here, I mentioned before, I've watched clips of you guys before. I noticed that messy dirty grime bit with like the spirit glitter and makeup like honestly if anyone listening hasn't seen what colors looks like live go see it and ask yourself what the fuck it's really cool yeah. i did ask you about what it does for you creatively when you're in the studio and mm-hmm. you gave a really good answer in that regard but what does it do for you when you're on stage because it's one thing to perform that particular way for a while and to carry it on with it but what do you think it is that allows you to keep returning to that type of way of performing like what does it do for you on stage when you know you can have it be a bit more messy, a bit more dirty?
2: Well, I'm all about imperfection because I'm so far from perfect and we all have to but I think that that's also an important way. Like, that's why I like to wear clothes that aren't, that maybe are dirty. Not, I mean, I am a little dirty, but my tights are ripped and I make weird faces. I don't know what I do and I don't always play perfectly because it's also embracing that message that, that we're all a little, I don't know, as we are.
1: Mm. It's I, for me it feels very in- instinctive Yeah. so we don't think too much about it and to be honest when we started playing it wasn't as brash or maybe ex- I don't want to say experimental but like freeform maybe it, it, it that evolved. It evolved and I think we noticed that audiences responded to that because I think it made them also feel comfortable I think a lot of people feel like their lives are with the a little on bit yeah. or underneath do have this th- things could change any moment and things are a little bit unhinged under the surface so we're becoming unhinged on the surface and I think people actually identify with that
0: well you mentioned um a bit of a while back in regards to um I lost my train for a quick second there okay. but, but you mentioned um God, this sucks I had like a really good thought and I also <laughs> it You've had a lot of good <laughs> thoughts Yeah, I yeah, sure yeah, appreciate yeah, that. yeah Fuck But uh, I guess I'll just Diverge to my next question Instead uh, Before I let you go I w- That was meant to be The last one But then I realized In regards to like The fact you've had New songs coming out mm. And obviously you've been working on New music What do you think The new songs You'll be releasing Will say of colours That the album Didn't or couldn't have Like what do you yeah. think These new songs Are saying mm. to you
1: there's definitely a couple songs that are much more direct about, I don't want to say political, but sort of social-political commentary that is is also gets into like a slightly spiritual realm, so it's kind of combining the political, social, spiritual commentary of what's kind of happening on the planet and in this country. So there's definitely, that was an underlying theme in the first album, but it wasn't maybe as direct as it is now in a couple songs. And then um, I think...
2: Well, Who Owns Your Rights, the song we're playing tonight, and we did it on Jam in the Van. That is probably a really good example of that.
1: Yeah, that song, and then there's a song called Pyramid Game that we've been working on that we're not playing live yet. There's definitely, we like to cover a few different themes though. There's some love songs on the next album that aren't about that, but there is an element there that's definitely a little bit more direct.
0: Yeah, and I think it makes sense in regards to the fact that some of your songs will reflect the semi-social, political sense in the words that like, I mean when you think about how the world is today, it's not a matter of whether or not you want to be political, it's inescapable. That's exactly well, what that's I was true. going to say.
2: We can't really avoid it because it's what we're thinking about. Uh,
0: yeah. yeah. I really do appreciate uh, your thank time Thank you so much. Yeah. It was so nice having you. It was a lot of fun, and I, I can't you. wait to see you tonight. Oh, oh thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Great, interview. Yeah. Yeah. Great interview. Great yeah. interview. Of oh, course, oh, so I appreciate that. Yeah. Interview.